I'll get these guys to introduce themselves as well. But before I do, I just wanted to expand on some of the points that, um, that I've already made, um, just to really set a bit of a context in terms of where we're coming from and what we're thinking. Um, and as I say, wherever you guys sort of want to take things, we're really happy with that. The, the idea of these afternoon sessions is really just to, um, to enable us to, to have a chat rather than us um, just to talk at you. Um, so do be thinking of questions. But the, the first thing that I wanted just to uh, encourage all of you with, and I know there's a real mix of age group here. Um, some of you will be still in the youth. Maybe some of you will be youth leaders. Some of you will be out of work or looking for work. Uh, and some of you probably uh, even beyond that and doing great in work. Um, but what um, I, I really want to emphasize is this, that if you're, particularly if you are a young person and you're not out at work yet, uh, maybe you have a, a weekend job, maybe you don't have a job at all, uh, that now is a great time for you uh, to be thinking about what you're going to do in the future. And that isn't a pressure thing, it's not about saying you must decide what career you're going to have, but some of the foundations that you lay now will serve you really well in the future. You see, it's highly unlikely uh, that most of you will work in a church context and so it can be difficult in the workplace uh, and you guys will know that like with school and with college and university and all that kind of stuff but I believe that God wants to advance his kingdom not just obviously on Sundays uh, when we're gathered together as the church but God wants to advance his kingdom in the workplace and that means that you as we heard last night as uh, Daryl was speaking you have a unique opportunity to influence the workplace that God is calling you to. Whether you're already in that place, or whether you know where you're gonna be, or whether you don't know where you're gonna be, now is the time to lay great foundations that will serve you well and will serve God well uh, as you grow up and as you get into to that kind of place. The other two points, uh, really just to, to draw out today, and this will serve you in building a good foundation. Uh, one would just be that sometimes it can be really difficult in the workplace. Um, and that means that it can be hard because it's hard work. Um, you know, that is what work is. Sometimes it's just tough and you'd have to do long hours uh, and it won't be very sociable uh, and you won't get much reward for it and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it can just be tough. Uh, but it can be tough being a Christian specifically, particularly where things uh, are going now in the culture that we live, um, to stick your hand up and say, do you know what, I believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is what my life is about, uh, that can be really challenging, um, but it can also be a really great thing. And that would be the last point that I want to make. So I want us to, to get to grips with how can we uh, live faithful lives in the workplace, but more than that, that the place that you work, and I would say this for, for those of you that are at school and college, and I always say it to young people, is that your job uh, as a believer of Jesus Christ is not survival. It's not to sort of sit in the corner with your... Your, your sort of helmet and your flat jacket on and just hope to get through day by day. And that's exactly the same for the workplace. I've been in uh, a number of different environments with work. Um, I've worked on building sites. I've been an estate agent as well, which is what I was doing in my previous job. Uh, and sometimes uh, it's a real challenge, but my, my heart, my agenda, certainly by the time I finished at work, was not just to survive, but was to see the kingdom of God, which is the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ, come into my workplace and I specifically wanted to be an influence in the same way that Jesus was an influence. I wanted to do that in my workplace and it's not always easy and sometimes you have to look for opportunities at lunch times or after work or socially 
but for every single one of you, God is going to place you somewhere that no one else is going to be. And I don't mean that in the sense you might work for the same company that the person to the left, but you have a unique call upon your life to make a difference in the workplace. Uh, and I would encourage you that as we engage with this seminar um, to really be thinking, how can I lay great foundations uh, that will serve me well when I go out to work? So is that okay? That's the framework that, that would be in my heart and my thinking. And as I've already said, feel really free to get right outside of that framework. So if there's other questions that you want to ask around money uh, and that kind of stuff, that'd be great as well. But for now, uh, Vicky's going to help us just get to know yeah. some of these guys. So we've got some really special guests who are... Do you guys want to just tell us a bit about yourselves and what you do? It's always a good start, isn't it? We should definitely have got a bigger venue for this. Yeah. Is, this is this the smallest venue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, yeah, my name's Paul, and uh, I own my own company, and uh, that's in landscaping, and I employ eight guys. Um, I'm based in Brighton. I've been doing... been based in Brighton for nine years, a company called Kingdom Landscapes. Um, I've been working uh, for 20 years. I left school at 16. I was an apprentice at 16. And I'm now, you can do the maths, I'm now 36. And uh, that's what I do. I get wet and cold most of my year. And I have a lot of fun. And I have a great team of guys, who are, they better be, are working today uh, back in Brighton. And yeah, I have a lot of fun. Hello, um, my name's Ben. I am a, well, I'm an associate pastor um, at Emmanuel Church London, which is based in Greenwich, but I'm also uh, a gangs and serious youth violence consultant. Um, that was the kind of stuff I was doing before I became a church pastor, engaging with that agenda, uh, working with local government, central government, advising police. Um, and when I became an elder at Emmanuel Church and a full-time pastor, I basically said... I only want to do this if I can still do my consultancy work. So for one or two days a week, I still do that. I still talk to politicians, MPs, local MPs. Um, I engage at New Scotland Yard with some of the highest-ranking police officers in the UK around the agenda of gangs and serious youth violence. I also run my own projects and programmes around London and up and down the country, actually. I do training for local authorities uh, and governments around this whole agenda. So, yeah. I'll, I'm also a DJ. I'll get in trouble for not saying that <laughs> a little bit. I'll do a little bit of DJ. There you go. Hi, I'm Kate. Um, I'm an artist and um, I live in Cambridge. Um, yeah, I trained as an art teacher um, with the vision of uh, being an artist and working as an art therapist. Uh, things didn't quite pan out that way. Um, I got married, I worked as a teacher, youth worker, kids worker, had three children and suddenly realised 20 years had gone by. Um, a couple of years ago I was in here and God gave me a picture of um, a butterfly and uh, reminded me a butterfly emerges from its cocoon and gets to fly in the second half of its life and that's where I was at and he was saying to me it's your time to fly um, I'd learned to crochet a flower um, so that I could teach it in the creative arts cafe um, that year and so um, I, I really enjoyed doing it so when I got home I thought I'm going to learn to do this properly and practiced and uh, Researched and I was ready to launch a crochet uh, jewellery business um, in the November. And uh, I called it uh, Flourish and Fly after the picture that God had given me. Um, I'm just uh, really excited by 
the potential of arts in worship and evangelism and um, I'm looking to stir up things to do with that in my church at home and, and here at New Day. Um, yeah, but I'm also trying to get stuck into the, the art scene in Cambridge too and hopefully make some godly influence there as well. Okay, hi, I'm um, Bex. I'm from a little town called St Neots, which is in Cambridgeshire, so I was very pleased to meet someone else in Cambridgeshire. I am um, a deputy head um, in my day job, um, and I also teach, well, I will be teaching year two in September, so small, small children. I've been at the same school for 13 years um, and worked in the same place. I started there as an NQT, and the route that I went in into teaching is um, did a four-year course at university and then went into, into schools. Um, I also do loads of training across the county um, for skit students which is where you do your training in a year so um, I know a bit about that as well um, and two afternoons a week I work for the church and I'm a youth leader and children's worker and do some stuff with Alpha as well. I'm quite busy. My name's David, I am a doctor, I live in Southampton, uh, I'm originally from Northern Ireland and I studied in Aberdeen. I moved to Southampton a couple of years ago. I work in A&E, which is uh, quite a busy area of the hospital. I do a bit of trauma, which is sort of the biggest car accidents and things like that, and deal with some very unwell people. I spend some time in a helicopter flying around the south of England, and I work a lot with paramedics out at the side of the road, uh, going to sort of the sickest people who have fallen off bridges and crashed into buses and things like that. I did six years as a student, and then I've been graduated for six years as well. So I've been working in medicine for about 12 years. That's great. Thank you. So just um, in terms of the idea, what we're going to do now, so we're going to do Q&A with these guys. We'll take a few questions from the floor, uh, and then we're just going to leave a bit of time at the end just to pray with people as well. Um, I know that if you are looking ahead and thinking, I need a job and haven't got one, um, then we just really want to pray with you. If you're in a work environment that you're finding really difficult, We'd love to pray for you as well, um, so we will leave a little bit of space uh, at the end to do that. So if you do want some prayer later, it is coming. Uh, just sit tight. Let's start with some questions. Okay. So we've had this one a couple of times. I don't know what job God wants me to do. I've prayed, but I've had no reply. How do I know if I'm following him? Anyone want to take it? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I think, I think this, 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 I hope this is helpful. If you enjoy something, that tends to mean you're good at it, okay? I really enjoyed cutting down trees and smashing stuff up, and I am really good at it, okay? And I've now got a career in knocking stuff down and building stuff up. But if you enjoy somewhere, that's a really good starting place to go, actually, oh, actually I really enjoy teaching people and like, apprenticising people. I really enjoy painting. So is there something in my enjoyment? And that might not happen, okay, because work isn't always like that. I think it's a good starting place. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, for me personally, it's when I became a Christian at, at 21 that God started doing something in my heart. So before I was 21, I really didn't like young people. Hated them. I didn't have no time for them. And I became a Christian, <laughs> and suddenly I've got all this love and passion for kids. And I think there was, yeah, God did a miracle, and it was suddenly like, Oh, okay, I wonder whether this is more than just a, a passion. I wonder if I could actually do um, this as a job. So for me, I kind of just, it's almost like practice hours. 
I'd go to local youth centres with a, a mate of mine who just became a Christian and we just started DJing and talking to young people. And after a while, I was like, I'm oh, actually, I'm pretty good at this. But it was like, I needed to just to make sure. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is that sometimes don't be afraid to just try something. Oh, is God telling me I'm good at this? Or do I need to go here? Well, try it out. If you pants at it, I think that's probably an answer just to leave it alone. But then you might actually be surprised and be like, oh, actually, God, you give me a real passion for this, a real heart for this. I'm actually quite good at it. Well, then persevere and keep praying around it. And that's all I did. And soon I became a youth, from a youth worker to uh, uh, working as a mentor in a primary school. And I started managing teams in youth offending services. And I was then head of community safety teams. And it just went on and on and on. But it all started with God just giving me a slight passion for something. And then me just practicing around it and seeing what God was doing. I've got a bit, of a, um, a bit of a policy. Somebody once told me something that if something is for you, it won't go past you. And I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but I've always been an A student, and that's where I've always sat. And then at A-levels, I got a B. And it, life was over. You can't be a doctor if you had a B. And uh, my whole career of wanting to be a doctor failed on this B. And I sent it off and got remarked, and it came back as a B. And so... I didn't know what I was going to do Um, and all of a sudden a letter just appeared saying you've got a place and that that didn't make sense in my head but clearly that was from God because that door had opened for me and it was what it was meant to be so this policy of if it's for you it probably won't go past you um, is is something I've stuck to and it's, it's rang relevant for me um, the only other thing that I would say, so I think they're all great answers, is ask someone else. So you've all got people that you trust. You've all got friends, probably. Um, you've all got youth leaders. You've all got people that would be really happy to speak into your lives. So just go and say, what do you think I'm good at? So there's a couple of girls in our youth who are amazing with children. So when they come and say, what do you think I should do when I'm older? I say, why don't you go and try working with children? Like, go to local schools and, and ask them if you can do some work experience, if you like, like blowing things up or chopping things down, go and um, find a company that you could do some work experience at and just try try things and see what you enjoy and where you go home buzzing at the end of the day. So that's what I feel at the end of my school day. I just think, yeah, I love being here. So go and try things out and ask someone else's advice as well. That's good. I think um, we'll, we'll just wrap this up. I just want to add a couple of things, if I may, as well. The, sometimes the truth is that we're, we're called to be good stewards of money, right? And if you're going to be a good steward of money, you need to earn some money. Uh, And so for some of you, you just need to go and get a job. Uh, And that means like whatever can come your way. So for me, when I uh, I didn't go to university, I definitely wasn't one of the guys that was getting all A's. Uh, Quite the opposite. I was politely asked to to leave school. And then I was politely asked to leave college. uh, And then uh, I was making money in ways that probably wasn't that legal. And it got to the place where when I became a Christian, that I realized that actually I just need to get my head down Uh, and get some work and my previous experience had been like being a a rep over in Magaluf and working on a building site but not really (laughs) being that productive Uh, and so there was an element that I had to think okay what would I be good at Uh, but actually the first couple of jobs that I put my hand to whilst I did okay at them I knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term career and so I think there's a the, the question here when we talk about jobs there's a difference between a job and a career. So if you're thinking, when I was an estate agent, I knew that the long-term goal for me personally, and there's nothing against estate agents, that's where I met my lovely wife, uh, who also was an estate agent, uh, and uh, I just knew it it wasn't going to be long-term, but it was right and it was appropriate. 
because I needed to earn money. I wanted to marry Vicky. Uh, I wanted to get a home. I wanted to, to establish a family. Uh, and you know with Paul in the, the Bible, um, he made tents. Uh, and so there's this whole period of his life where and you skim past it and you think that he's just been like making tents for like a day and then he's on to the ministry, the proper stuff. But that wasn't the case at all. Paul made tents in the day and I don't know, it doesn't say whether he enjoyed it or not. He made tents because he needed to live and then in the evenings he went out and he preached the gospel. Uh, and so there is a difference here just between, I think all the answers are, are fantastic, but there's a difference between career and job. And for some of you, you just need to get on the ladder, as it were. You need to get a job, start earning some money, and then keep asking these questions about career and where's God taking me and see what opportunities open up along the way. Is that cool? Yeah, go, Kate. Sorry, just um, to, I, I think that was more my experience too. I had a dream to be an artist and it's only now when I'm 40, that I'm just getting started. And actually, God had other plans, had other things he wanted to teach me and train me. You know, I had to become a teacher because my, my husband needed me to earn money because he was still a student. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I ended up... We, we wanted to have children, so I've spent a lot of my time looking after raising children. And that's something I never got told about at school. I sort of knew somehow that happened and fitted somewhere, but they don't, I don't know, never really mention it in your education that certainly as, as a female, you spend a lot of your time looking after children at home. And, and um, yeah, money needs raising, but God uses all these different things and adds them together. Nothing gets wasted. And um, I think there is this idea that there's this one thing you're supposed to do uh, this sort of you know you're looking for this career this sort of future and what is it and this big sort of question for you guys right now is what is it am I supposed to be and actually it might not be one thing it probably isn't just one thing it certainly hasn't been for me there are seasons in life and you can actually get to do quite a few things and that's actually a bit more exciting and gives you a lot more scope and potential Okay, how do you gain more experience in the workplace? How do you gain more experience in the workplace? You hustle. <laughs> you hustle hard. Um, I think a lot of it you have to kind of, if you know where you want to go and you're in, you know, you've had encouragement to go into a certain field, then you, you study it, you, you look at that field and you think to yourself well how do I get a step on the ladder for me like I said I didn't wait to be asked to be a youth worker I just went and approached some of the most hardcore youth clubs in London pretty stupidly I, I went to one in Brixton and got presented with a machete so that was maybe not the wisest thing but actually doing it it, it definitely taught me that and you know, how to deal with inner city young people and then we went from other youth centres from Brixton to Lewisham to, to Greenwich, beyond, because we were like, we've got something to offer. I've got something to offer. And then we just kept on going and going. So for sometimes it's not just a case of just waiting, like being encouraged. I remember when, a bit like what Ben was saying, sometimes it is just about getting on the ladder and just earning some money. And I remember saying to my dad, I was like, oh, I'm, I want to get a job. And my dad was like, well, what are you actually doing about it? Where do you want to work? And I said, well, I wouldn't mind working in one of the clothes shops in in London, like central London, and he said, well, where do you want to work? And I said, well, Selfridges, or something like Harrods. So I, I went quite high, and he said, well, you know, you're going to have to write to all of these places, Debenhams, Selfridges, Harrods, write to them, phone them, send your CV, do it, 
and I remember it took ages, it was about maybe 25, 30 letters, and ended up getting like a Saturday job at Selfridges. So you've got to go for it. I don't think we should be passive. I think we should just be, if you want something, prayerfully go for it. If you know where you want to go, hustle hard. Don't, don't be afraid. Let me just add something that will help you guys respond to this a little bit. Um, I suppose what you could say with, with what you've just said then, so what, what could we learn in the sense of what would you be looking for in some of the people that maybe work for you or that you work with? So when you guys see younger people emerging, what, what, could, we, you know, what could we really gun for that as an employee, employer, sorry, you'd be saying, that's gold, that guy's going to go a long way or that girl's going to go a long way. Why don't you help us understand a bit about that? Okay, yeah, so I get probably an email at least once a week uh, saying, can I come, uh, you know, is there a job going? <clears throat> That's great. I'll always reply saying thank you. But you, you need to, for me, a lad that got a job is he phoned and he emailed me and he kept on chasing me. So that was one way. So like Ben said, hustling and not annoying the employer, but just reminding them, okay? And that's sometimes turning up in person. Do you know what I mean? Because you meet someone. I'm a real big believer between eye to eye and actually, you know, getting to know someone. Okay, so it's not just a text. I get people text me for a job. Okay, that is just not going to happen. You need to come and speak to me. Come and spend some of your time to come in. The other thing is surprise the employer. I have worked for free for people. Go and say, the best thing to do, you're going to try and get a job, and you won't be, and I understand this isn't a sweeping statement for all of you, because you might have different finances or you might not be living at home, all those kind of things. Go work for them for free. I bet none one else who's going for that job is going to say, I'll do it for free. Because you give yourself an opportunity to show how hard and diligently you're going to work for them for nothing before they've even started paying for you. That's brave, it's bold, but you take a risk on that. It gets your foot in the door. If people get a foot in their door with my company, I've, I've got the same guys I've employed for the last five or six years because they were great and they were slightly different, and they were just a bit bold. And they were like, one guy, he's a dad, and he, his guy's Tim. He's excellent landscape. He's amazingly creative. But I only had £50 a day in my budget, which isn't a lot of money at the time. And I was like, Tim, I'm really sorry. That's all I've got in my budget. So I feel it's an insult to even pay you that. But I can't pay any more, so I'm, really, I, I'm embarrassed to even offer you. He's like, I'll take it. He's almost, his, his wage within that year almost doubled. <laughs> Because God provided for him and for my company because he was just like, you know what, Paul? I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to come work for you because I believe it's right for me to work for you. So, yeah, surprise is a great one. So I'm just going to hold the mic quickly. Um, basically, I've managed quite a lot of people and I've employed a lot of people in the work I've done. And um, what I've learned, it's not always the perfect CV is the, is the people I, I go for. So a lot of it... It's not even experience. I just get sometimes a sense that I'm like, actually, you might not be the most experienced person in this interview, but there's something about your character which I can work with. So I'm just going to read this from to Peter because I find this really helpful. And it's when Peter's talking about um, confirming your calling, but I think we can relate it to this. And it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And for me, there's some things here which I will look in the character of people when I'm looking for people to work with me. Virtue, self-control. It's like, you might have the best CV, 
But if I don't trust you, or there's something about you I'm thinking I don't trust, or it's not like the, the virtue or the hard-working thing about you, then we can, we're not going to move. We're not going to go anywhere. So it's not always about the experience. Don't, don't discount yourself. But seriously, some of the stuff which we, we read about in the Bible, about your character, is what will get you the job more than anything else. Um, I've, I've found, um, and I don't employ anybody, but for, for people's reaction to me and my work, I've found that um, there's two different things that um, seem to affect. It's that um, I've honed my skills. I've not been doing crochet for very long. I said two years ago I, I learned to do a flower for New Day. Um, but I, I honed in on what I liked, and I practiced and practiced, and I... I, I aimed for excellence not perfection but excellence I had high standards and I worked at it until I had it looking just right and that seems to have been the difference between me and all the other people who've been crocheting for years and years were taught by their granny and and aren't getting their work in you know in local shops or, or whatever it seems to be that's the comments I get from people is is the quality of what I produce and that is purely from me practicing going over and over there's so much crochet I've never even tried but the stuff that I do I know really well and I, I use high quality materials and I've, re- I've researched it well and the other thing that's affected it is God has opened doors for me I've just found that I've, I've trusted him you know this, he's asked me to do this and I've just found th- him opening something out of nothing for instance I, I, I've got stuff on Etsy an online shop and um, I was querying whether to leave my Christmas, Christmas decorations on over the year or not and someone said oh why not it doesn't cost much uh, I've left it on over the year and I think it was April when nobody would be looking at Christmas baubles someone's contacted me I've ended up being commissioned to um, create a new design that's going to now be sold across America in, at Christmas just because I happen to leave that there. And that's a God thing. I couldn't have made that happen. And there's been, and I've got 20 or you know, more examples of things like that where it's just, whoa, what are you doing with this, God? Sorry, I was just going to say about like, um, in teaching, like your letter and your CV is really, really, really important. So if, if your CV came in and had um, errors like grammar and spelling and punctuation errors, we, you would be straight in the no pile because obviously if, um, if you're going to be educating children and you can't spell, then it is actually um, pretty important that you know how to put a letter together. So the, the people that we employ and the people that we give work experience to are people that contact us, so mainly phone calls, people that telephone into the school, not just ping us an, an email, um, a short, sharp email, but something that's actually somebody that's taken the time to contact us because you can hear a lot from um, actually having a phone call with somebody. Um, if you're writing a letter to someone, actually writing a letter instead of an email, particularly um, school wise is really really sensible because it shows that you're taking the time to write it you can then get someone to proofread it rather than quickly send it if you're doing an email so we we will look at um kind of you also having a life outside of work so tell us about your hobbies stuff you're interested in and not just kind of sell your whole self not just your love of that one job so talk to talk about all the things that you enjoy as well but cv and letters really really important things in kind of teaching 
just going to add on to that and again so sort of talking from the the professions rather than the vocations so the professions are where you do a, you do a course with a view to doing something so i did medicine and i can only become a doctor you did teaching and therefore can only become a teacher and um, you do nursing and can only become a nurse and um, out of the end of it you guys need to be at the creme of the creme for these jobs jobs these days are hard to come across and you guys are at the edge where you need to start putting the graft in to get those jobs and um, when we see people all the time looking to come and work with us so whether that be in my profession so I, I, the biggest employer in the UK is the health service and I see doctors nurses paramedics all these which in this room there will be some of you who want to do that job and um, whenever you need to be getting experience in that field at your age and that means so I take on two students at New Day every year at your age um, who we take along, we say, come and watch us, come and see what we do. We're not going to let you deal with the people that are dying in the corner. We'll deal with them, but watch what we do. Um, and we'll happily let you guys get some experience. Sorry, somebody's talking in my ear. Um, it, we'll give you some experience, and we're happy to do that. And that looks amazing on your CVs um, that you can do that. So I'm sure you get work experience teachers um, that want to come in and see. So you get, I kind of follow something called the Daniel Principle. So Daniel was a scholar, and he was at the top of his class. So he was the best of the best in his country, and he wanted to be the best. So he worked hard, he worked diligently, he studied, he studied, he studied, um, and it was the same as us. So you mightn't be at the top of your class, but you have to make sure that you're trying as hard as you possibly can to say, can I get experience with you? Can I study a little bit harder? Can I do this? Because work, is, it's so hard to get jobs. There are, for, for medicine, for me, there are something like 100 people applying for every one job. Um, so to be the best of the best, the same for nursing, the same for teachers, get up there, get experience, think about it. Your churches are filled with professionals that you can come along and will happily take you on board. And these are just really practical things to think a little bit different as to how you can get jobs these days. And I think that's, that's great. So um, I think in answer to getting more experience, we're basically saying be prepared to go and work in environments that you could see yourself working in in the future and maybe even do it for free or for, to do it for a smaller amount of money than you could be expecting. I think that the whole area of character is really important. And so I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Give me like the top characteristic that you would love to see in an employee. And it's one word only. Honest. Integrity. Um, diligence. I was totally going to say diligence, so I'm going to say joyful. They can be the same. Well, I've said it as well. Okay, <laughs> cheers, Ben. Uh, preparation from my side. Great. So these are things that I would just encourage you. Like, get, get an understanding of words like that. Do you, do you really know what it is uh, to be diligent? Do you know what it is to, to work with integrity? Um, those, those are quite, they're large words. So, like, get into them, understand them. Let's move on. Vicky, give us another question. Before we move on to actually being in the workplace, just one more, which I think is quite a good question. I know what job God wants me to do, but I don't think I'm capable of doing it. How do I deal with that? Okay, let's just have two of you, two of you quick answers on that. Um, I think if God wants you to do it, then is, it, is that your perception of yourself not wanting to do it or is that actually true so I would go and find someone you trust and say this is the job that I believe God wants me to do what do you think 
and then pray about it because it might just be that you are discounting yourself because I think in this room there's loads of potential in each one of us God has put in a special gift um, to do a specific job at a specific time so I would question whether it is you discounting yourself or not Um, we've heard Daniel being mentioned I think it's in Daniel 6 as intelligent as, as top of the class he was there's a, there's a phrase in Daniel 6 where it says, an excellent spirit came on him. And therefore, when we're feeling that actually I'm not sure we can actually do these jobs, the Holy Spirit, if it's yours, the Holy Spirit will help you to succeed in those jobs. Thank you. Right, how do I show love and be a good witness in a really stressful work environment? I was going to say, Dave Connors has got to be the... Yours is surely stressing. Uh, my, my job's a little bit stressful at times. Uh, uh, not that none of you get stressed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Don't I, take I'm not going to comment uh, in this letters, but it, I, I go from one minute treating somebody with their diarrhoea, uh, going, oh, you've got diarrhoea, what a shame, uh, to the next minute dealing with a little uh, a one-year-old who stopped breathing, whose parents are on the floor lying beside me screaming, uh, who is, this little baby is blue, and we're pressing on its chest, have broken every single rib in its body, trying to breathe for it, um, and go from that and then as soon as that's finished I have to go out to somebody who's uh, three years ago I had a bit of chest pain can I get a checkup? And that's the kind of my job that I have to work with and that, that's not particularly easy um, to deal with the question was how do you deal with stress I just wanted to show off what my job was um, to be to be a good witness is just remaining calm so you guys will undoubtedly be leaders in your field and um, the fact that you're Diligent enough, or you're sort of you're you're so keen enough to come along to New Day. You're keen to you know, ask God to be involved in your life. You're keen to have that spirit of excellence put upon you. A lot of you will end up be the leaders of your job, whether it be you run your business or whether you come up to sort of lead teams in A and E's or in schools. And when it comes, it's been confident. It's been don't let things go to your head. It's just taking a step back, taking a big breath in, and going, I've got this, um, and taking it. You know, I couldn't do my job. Uh, I don't think, based on my personality, if I didn't have God coming into me and saying, do you know what, you can do this, you can do this, you can pick yourself up and get over the little baby and move on to the man with diarrhea, you can get on with this. And it's all about, and it, it's just about you and your staff. I think the biggest influence I have is not that I lead a youth work uh, a program at church, it's not that I influence MPs and things like that, it's that I have a team on a night shift where I'm in charge of maybe 100 people below me, um, and I have to just persevere with a bit of um, and and just be that person that people look to who is a nice calm wind and doesn't get stressed because there's something different about me and just making yourself visibly evident uh, in your workplace is just something a bit different about him I think the um, uh, just as as Dave's been speaking there every work environment is going to be stressful in different ways and for different reasons Uh, and so it'd be helpful just to to respond uh, again in that way. How can we be the best, best witness possible in the workplace? Um, for me, it's all about preparation. So some of the jobs I have done and some of the things I'm involved in now will involve life and death. Sometimes I will get a phone call in the morning, maybe 6 o'clock in the morning, from Greenwich Police saying to me that somebody's been stabbed to death. Um, when I was working in the youth offending service, some of the young people I would be working with would have been murdered. So for me, in that moment, it's not enough for me in that moment to be like, oh, how do I handle this? It's 
the preparation beforehand. And the best preparation for me is prayer. So I pray before these things happen. I'm like, Lord, I need you. You are called the Prince of Peace. I need you to go before me and order my thoughts, order my words, order my emotions. Help me to, when these things happen, I don't know what's coming, whether it's going to be death, whether it's going to be life, whether it's going to be joy, whether it's going to be pain. I need you. To, to be with me and for me that is the best preparation because when it does I was about to say something when it does get messy it's, um, it's, it's important to know that God's there and that he, he's so we've when stuff's really gone mad there's been times when I've just felt the peace and calm of God over me when people are dying literally around me and I've been able to say to work colleagues let's pray or and so and it's funny when it even if you're not a Christian the concept of praying to something when it really when it gets really crazy isn't actually that foreign so when it, when we had young people dying and mums and dads coming in tearful and i'm like let's pray you'd be surprised how responsive people are so for me it's prayer it's preparation now that god goes before you in all these situations i think as well i feel um I'm constantly or regularly in a position where I'm, I'm saying I can't do this, God. I think that's being a Christian, really. I think in the Bible's full of people saying, can't do that. It, God chooses people who feel like that so that they trust in him. Um, and, and I think as you go through your, your Christian journey, you sort of almost get used to that. It doesn't take away the feeling and the terror, but you sort of have the ex- experience. Oh, yeah, I've been in this position before. Here I am again. Help me, God. And, and, but your faith grows um, and you learn to trust and, and you've got that behind you. And obviously that builds and builds. But also it says in the Bible about just take today. Trust me for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And I, I have held on to that. So it, sometimes it's not even a day is too much to cope with. This hour, God, I need you. Um, when I used to teach and I was in the middle of, I hated it. I used to go into my little store cupboard and just say, help, please, and then walk out again. And yeah, it was for that moment. I needed it right there. I needed it. And God always comes in. Good. Paul and Becky, can I just give you a slight twist on this one? Yeah. So we just talked a moment ago about character that you would be looking for. So maybe in other teachers or for the guys that you employ. When we ask the question, what's the great way of being a witness? What would you say is the, the greatest characteristic in, in you guys uh, that people would just pick up on? Which is is being answered through this, but just, it's stressy and you go up to the, to the staff room or it's stressy and you're in the van at lunch. What? Um, so people say about me in my workplace that I am always smiley and bubbly and like full of happiness and joy. And obviously sometimes in teaching that is not actually what is going on. Actually the children are being really, really annoying or members of staff are really doing your head in or... Um, things like that so actually it is having joy in times that actually you shouldn't have joy but you've got joy of the Lord being your strength in your workplace so I think smiling and being happy but also being willing to admit when I've made a mistake or done something wrong so in stressful situations sometimes I mess up and I'm not like Jesus and I'm the complete opposite and I have to say hold on I'm really sorry about that so I'm really sorry about the way I spoke to you I'm really sorry that I got so stressed and angry about that um, data that needed to be in that 
I didn't do and I have to go and apologise to people because actually that shows them love because it, it shows that you care about them and you value them. So I think the first thing is, is joy and ha taking the joy of the Lord into your workplace situations, particularly when it's stressful and knowing that's a promise. And the second thing is being real and being quick to apologise and hold your hands up when you've messed up. Yeah, so I work in quite a, a masculine kind of work and kind of construction and stuff like that. And, um, and the best thing I find to answer for this, I think for the whole, whole question for me, is kindness. Is to show kindness. And so is to go make a cup of tea and uh, make all my staff a cup of tea. You could say that, yeah, that should be my apprentice doing that, but I'll make sure I'm the one that makes a cup of tea. I'll make sure I serve them. I'll make sure I go out and getting them a, uh, a McDonald's when they, near it, they need it. I know their lives. I try and find out about their lives out of work. And so when the guy's granddad died, and uh, he's a, he's, this guy's about six foot two, and he's, he's ripped, and uh, he just sat in my van and, and cried over a cup of tea with me. And I just think, like, it's just, it's just taking time to listen. You can, in a really busy situation, whether that's an A&E or whether that's uh, with a cement mixer going, it just takes some time. You can be patient. That's not wasting time. Okay, that you choose that moment wisely, but it's being kind. And in a masculine, a masculine world, being kind is totally opposite. And that's what Jesus was, totally opposite. Okay? So I love being kind, but it's a vulnerable thing for me. I don't always like doing it because it's vulnerable. But you can be kind in your workplace. And if you're in a high-fly business person, kindness probably doesn't ever enter into that realm. Okay? So I'd say kindness is a really good thing to do. That's good. Let's... Just stay on this theme for a sec. It's really helpful and, and a really good variety of answers there. Um, a few of you have asked questions about sort of handling people in the workplace. And there's been a, uh, one particularly uh, about uh, a number, uh, sorry, another member of staff being inappropriate, uh, making advances on them. Uh, and then we've got others that would just be more like, basically there's someone at work and they just wind me up. I mean. I've been there, I used to work with my wife, and it wasn't you, I <laughs> wasn't going to say that, but there was a couple of uh, guys that we used to work with, um, yeah, and they just used to wind us up. So as a Christian, I mean, it's on a similar, I suppose it's very similar, and being kind would be great, but how do you combat that, and how do you deal with that? Um, we'll just have two of you answer this, actually. Yeah, sure. I think what it says in James about being quick to listen... Um, slow to speak and slow to get angry is something I, I try to live with um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get a kick in the teeth all the time and I really want to make that really clear that like we are called to be those things as Christians but we're also called to call out injustice and if there's injustice against you there are ways of dealing with that you can either kick off and get really emotional about it or you can actually seek God, ask for peace to come in and go the appropriate ways of, of dealing with it. One of the things people would often say about me in these situations is that I'm very calm. Um, I try and I, I rarely lose my rag about stuff. And I, I think that's God, it's not necessarily me. But I think really definitely being slow to, to get angry in those situations makes a massive difference. And that can only really happen with the Holy Spirit on our own doing it on our own, it will all go pear-shaped. So, yeah. Um, I would say that if you are in a job where there's kind of like a, a management structure, it's there for a reason. So particularly, I guess, in both of our professions, there's somebody, so I will line manage some other people in school, so they're, they're key stage one teachers, there's one over there. 
high stakes. Um, so if, if she had a problem, she would come and speak to me because I'm her line manager and I would go and speak to the head teacher if I had a problem and then she'd go and speak to the governor. So if you are that person that's having an issue with somebody being inappropriate to you, especially if you're a girl and it's a bloke, I would say find out who your line manager is and you need to go and speak to them straight away. That's not telling on somebody. That's if you are feeling that that person is making advances on you that are making you feel like uncomfortable at work, something needs to be done and that's the whole point of management system. So I'd say go and speak to somebody quickly. If you're the person that is just getting really, really annoyed with other people that you work with, actually um, ask for more of the Holy Spirit because we are meant to love those people that um, challenge us and um, like church family, families you don't get on with people all the time and actually in the workplaces you're not going to get on with everybody. It's not like working with your friends but actually the way you treat those people you find difficult is really going to speak something about how much you love Jesus. And if it is your line manager, then go to their line manager, yeah? Yes, if it is your line manager. So if it was me that Rebecca had a problem with, she'd probably go and speak to the head teacher, yes. Great. It's just, it's just about you guys being above repute. Um, the, that means that it, the majority of you are not going to work in a church environment. That is a, that's a fact. Um, I think that in your workplace, whether that be SPAR or co-op or Tesco's, whether that be in a school, in a law practice, whether that be as a plumber or an electrician, it's about being above repute. You make, guys, make sure that you are doing everything right. Don't be the person that cuts corners. Don't be the person that goes cheap on the grout that fills the, the tiles or whatever. Make sure you're above repute and you will cut... And as a result, you can put your hands up and say, I know that I'm not in the wrong. And you'll be absolutely, and it's particularly in sort of in secular jobs, uh, just you guys being above repute, and that will stand out. Cool. So some of you are in Christian environments, and some are in non-Christian environments. So could you each give us a benefit of working in a particular environment that you work in? Yeah, I'm really fortunate because I, I seem to be doing everything I love. I love working for the church and and the benefits of that is that I get to see um, salvation on a regular basis. I get to see God moving and doing amazing things um, and I'm, I feel like I'm serving God in, in, the, in the, maybe one of the more purest ways working for the church. So I, I love that and I enjoy it. I get to read my Bible and get paid for it. So it's wicked, you know what I mean? I love doing all that type of stuff and praying for people. So it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant thing. Um, the consultancy, the gangs and serious youth violence stuff, I love doing that because I have a passion for young people and I have a passion for young people not killing themselves uh, or killing each other and reaching their potential. And I, I get to meet people who are not Christians and I get to engage with families who are not believers and I get to bring elements of heaven into, into lives where there's a lot of darkness and I get to influence MPs and, and police officers who also don't know a lot about God and so I just get to mingle with some people and I like to DJ and I like music as well and the funny thing about the DJ and stuff, every time I try and put it down, God brings it back in a massive way. So very quickly, one of the things that we're doing at the moment is I'm DJing in my, my local pub. And the weirdest thing about it is that I'm, I've probably had more conversations about Jesus with the people who've been DJing or who's been coming along. And some of my church come along as well. We do a monthly night and it's incredible. And what God showed me was a, basically the picture of a church. 
when I DJ, I see middle class people, working class people, black people, white people. I see everything. And God is like, this is a church I want to build. So I, I'm very fortunate in, in the jobs that I do. And those are some of the things which I see. I think um, I, there's a bit in the Bible where um, is, there's a, is there a shrine to an unknown God? Um, is it Paul who says you, or Peter? I can't remember. But, um, He's he, looking at me as if I've got all the answers. <laughs> anyway, yes. I, I, yes. I sort of feel... Yes. I, I'm, in, I'm in a position where um, I sort of feel like... Um, obviously, there are lots of artists who aren't Christians, and um, I'm trying to get in there and get to know them and work alongside them. Um, they've seen something of God. Um, and they, they try and replicate, you know, beauty around them. And I sort of feel, you know, God, God is, inspires me by his creation, the beauty that is around us. It really excites me. And I, I, I hope to show God through what I do. And I feel like um, I'm able to sort of take these guys. It's like sort of this this comes from God. This is where, this is the stuff that excites you. All this stuff that you try and, you know, paint or, or create, it, it's God. He's the creator. And I, I get to sort of show, sort of join those dots for them, really. Um, that's really exciting, I think. There's, uh, there was a um, Cambridge magazine who interviewed me about uh, just getting started in, in my work. And I thought I'll be a bit cheeky and talk a little bit about my faith and, you know, flourish and fly sort of name of my business and um, where that came from and, and my excitement about nature and intricacies and attention to detail that God's done. And I just sort of thought I'll say it and see what she writes. And she wrote it all. Um, and yeah, just get an opportunity to, to, to just drop those things in. It's, it's really exciting. Okay, so I have the benefit of doing a bit of both, Christian and non-Christian work. So most of my work is in a school, and I think the benefits of working in a school is I have a complete, um, minus a couple of staff, a complete mission field of people who don't know Jesus. Um, how exciting is that? So we had um, some people from our school go on the Alpha course. They didn't make commitments, but they got involved with the church, and we were brave enough to invite them along to Alpha. So... Actually, the Great Commission is that we would go and make disciples of all nations. So benefit of working in a secular job in a non-Christian environment is that you've got loads of people that you can reach. Obviously, then, flip that on the other side, one of the um, challenges of working in a Christian environment is probably most people are Christians. So there's not really that mission field. But the benefit for me is the guys that I work with, they have loads of time to invest in me, to look at the gifts that I've got and to kind of grow my kind of Christian gifts. But then that's, again, in my secular workplace, that's what the head teacher's looking to do with me. She's looking at the things that I'm really good at and looking at the way she can grow me. So there are benefits of both. But I think for me, my non-Christian um, teacher job is the one where I have the most fun in showing people Jesus because I need to be like Jesus in my workplace. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. If you um, have got a passion to actually work like full-time in the church, I'd advise you to do secular work first. You can say, Ben said, don't do FP know whatever but the point I'm making is that when you are in a church environment that is pretty much all the people you are connecting in with um, everything's church 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 everything's Christian 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 and for some people 
Um, I've managed to be able to carve out a bit of space where I don't just hang out with Christians and I don't just work with Christians, but for a lot of people, it's their full-time job. And I actually think it, it can blunt you to what is actually going on in the real world. So while you've got an opportunity to work secularly, do it. Get the experience. Find out what's going on. What makes people tick? What are people's fears and concerns and hopes and dreams? And then pray that in and then go into the church with a bit more clued up about what's going on in the world. So I work in an environment that, in my a there are no other Christians that I know. It says about 200 staff. That you might be the same. You might work in a, in a Tesco's or in a, in a school or wherever that have no other Christians. I think that's not uncommon, unfortunately. Moreover, in, my, in healthcare, it is illegal for me to talk to people about my faith if they don't want to hear it. So people, nurses, you'll have heard the news that they have been fired for offering to pray to a patient. Now that's quite, that's quite a big thing in this country, that it is illegal. I could lose my job and my profession, and the only thing that I know how to do, so I do not know how to do anything else, and I could lose that if I talk. But I think it's okay to push the boundaries a little bit. So in healthcare, for hygiene reasons, you're not allowed to wear anything below the elbow so that I don't give people bugs. I'm not allowed to wear a watch. I have to wash my hands lots. So I thought it's okay to get a tattoo of a cross on my wrist. And as a result, every patient, well, a lot of the patients that I come across ask, what's that? And therefore, they have asked me about Christianity. And I think that's okay. So I think that you guys... Get a tattoo. <laughs> that didn't come from me, okay? That didn't come from... <laughs> it's there, I promise you, it's there. So I think you guys have a responsibility. Remember, the majority of you won't work in a church, and the majority of you, as we've heard, shouldn't probably start working in churches, but should have a bit of secular environment first. But you should have a responsibility to push that boundary a little bit further than what, than what the rest of you would, would probably do. I'll stop talking. Paul? Oh. I mean, so I don't really work in a Christian environment in the sense I'm a Christian, I have my own company, and, but I, don't, I wouldn't put myself as a Christian company. I don't know if that quite makes sense because I employ secular guys mainly, and, um, but I have a Christian ethos in the sense that we do things the long way around. Um, we tell the customer and we break something, we don't just hide it. And so I try and make sure it is as biblically based as Jesus focused without me wearing a Jesus t-shirt and running around saying, hugging everyone. Does that make sense? <laughs> but that's okay to do that as well. I'm not knocking that. But so for me, it is my influence of what God is doing in me. I'm just trying to mirror my relationship with God with everyone I meet. And, and, and I think that that's it. And I, I employ Christian guys and I employ non-Christian guys. That, and there's challenges for me in it. I don't even know what I'm going to... I don't know where I'm going with this, but you're going to hear. What's the, what's the benefit for you doing what you do? What would you say the great benefit and the gift that God has given you in your workplace? What is, what is the great benefit? I get to share the gospel. Like, one guy's become a Christian since working for Kingdom Landscapes. Another, guy, another guy, Liam, um, yeah, he is probably one of the biggest offenders in, in Brighton and Hove. And he works for us. He's one of the most influential men on the street. Uh, he's 20 and he is uh, a hooligan, but he works for me. He is integral, he's honest, 
he's kind, he looks after my son, he plays with my nephews, and he's a different character. And I had to go represent him in court this year so he wouldn't go to prison. And I can only tell the truth, in, or I had to write a letter actually, but I still went to court. And I can only say what Liam's like in my, in my company. And all those things are true. Out of it, I know he's different, but I could only say when he's with me 40 hours a week, he is like this. And he didn't go to prison. He got community service, but that means he got to spend more time with me. And I spend time with God. So he gets to spend time with God. And so for me, is I get to be a mirror of Jesus to these guys. So good. Great answer. Answers. Okay, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to call it a day there in terms of Q&A. Um, a few of us are going to, are going to hang around. Um, and if you want to ask more specific questions... Um, then you can do that. Some of these guys might have to shoot off, so grab them when you're around site. But as I said earlier, one of the things that I do want to do is just give an opportunity to pray with some of you. Um, and what we're going to do is this. Um, I think that basically anyone that would like some prayer, either you don't know where you're going in terms of career and you're desperate to, to sort of get work, um, then if you come over to this side... And uh, we'd love just to pray for you. And it could be that you've been in work, but you're currently out of work. That's absolutely cool. We'd love to pray for you. So either you don't know where you're going and you want to get work, or you're out of work at the moment, we'd love to pray for you. Um, for those of you that maybe want to get prayer um, that's more the challenge of work, uh, so maybe you're in a work environment at the moment and it's just a really difficult situation, or you're just finding it a real slog at the moment and you need some more clarity and you just need some breakthrough in certain areas, um, then why don't you guys come this side and we'd love to, to pray for you guys as well. Um, I'm going to pray um, just to finish up. So uh, why don't you just uh, close your eyes and um, actually just before you do close your eyes, can I just stress again, it's just a privilege. Thank you guys so much. Let's give it up for these guys. Just as they've been um, just speaking, uh, it's just such a privilege to hear people that are uh, are committed to, to working well uh, and they are being diligent and they're seeking after God and wisdom and discernment and diligence uh, and they're really seeking to put Jesus first in all they do and so just thank you so much for being honest uh, and thank you for representing uh, and doing so well at what you guys do. It, it truly is a privilege um, to have people like this amongst us and Vix and I don't do badly at work either. Uh, that's another story. But that that... that in many ways is what I'd want to urge you guys to aim for in work. Uh, that's the foundation. It's just to put Jesus at the very centre of it and to go for it wholeheartedly. And I want to emphasise again, God loves work. You know we're going to be working in eternity? You know that, yeah? It's not sort of feet up and we all just sit there chilling out. We are going to work and it is good. Uh, and God has given us the opportunity to work. Uh, and just that unique opportunity or opportunities that are going to come your way for you to be a kingdom advancer through the work that you do. How exciting is that? Like genuinely exciting, right? So let me pray for you, uh, and then we'll pray for individuals from there, and then we'll close up. Is that all right? So let's close our eyes. Father God, I thank you uh, just that you are a God who has made. Thank you that you are creator God. Uh, I thank you, God, that you have invested so much in us that you held nothing back. Uh, Lord, that you would secure our eternal destiny uh, and that that would be found in you. We thank you that you have saved us. Uh, and God, in many ways, when we consider work, we thank you uh, just for the privilege it is to put our hand to the plough 
as it were. Uh, but God, I specifically want to ask now for the hundreds and thousands of people that are going to come into contact with these dear ones in this room through their work and their influence. Lord, I, I pray, let them be influenced with the love and the tender touch of Jesus Christ. We pray that as an influence, Lord, that these people would genuinely see salvation come. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's come from the guys that have been on the panel. And I just pray your anointing right now on individuals, people that know where they're going in work. I pray that you'd bless them. People that are in the workplace right now, in the name of Jesus, give clarity and perspective for what it is that they're to focus on in being a great witness. And for those that are struggling to see the way forward, we just ask, Lord, that you would bring peace uh, and that you would just enable them to move forward uh, without fear in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you so much, Lord God, for the opportunities that await us in the future. And we pray uh, that you would just help us to be attentive uh, to what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.